The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Today's episode of the All Angels Podcast is brought to you by SportsDrink, your digital water cooler. SportsDrink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They are here to help us grow and hate your favorite team. A rising tide floats all boats, so go check them out online and on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. Spelled like sports drink without the vowels. Oh, got it, got it, got it! 33! Center field, Marsh leaps, and he got it! it normally high fly ball deep left field oh 27 does it again through this year wall sends it well out to left center field and it's gone he went to jared way this is brandon marsh the los angeles angels baseball you listen to all angels podcasts Welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Garcia. So, obviously, not a great start to the season. This first weekend is in the books against the Houston Astros. On the bright side, at least, we'll get to a little more bright side a little bit later, but at least for me, initially, it was just great to see baseball back. Great to see the Angels um, playing games again. Great to see, you know, obviously Angel Stadium in the background and, and able to see some of the familiar faces, hear some of the familiar voices and sounds around the game. So for that, you know, it, it's great to have baseball back. It's great to have the sport back. And like we talked about so many times, not knowing exactly when that was going to be back. And now that it's here and it's finally going, obviously the Angels didn't have the best uh results this weekend but at least it's going at least now we have something to look forward to as fans so let's get into a little bit about what happened this last week with the angels obviously opening day thursday um huge talk around the angels especially you know amongst us fans you heard us talk about the angels and what we expected from the angels on our last podcast with the guys from super halo bros and andrew from um angels top plays those guys and myself kind of broke it down little by little, um, position players, and then obviously the predictions and all that stuff. So obviously you know the anticipation for this season was huge. The anticipation for the season, honestly, I think was higher than it's been in many, many years. So obviously first day, opening day, you have the national anthem playing. You have the big flag. You have the flyover. You have player introductions, um, packed house. That stuff was really, really cool. But when we got to the game – Probably the biggest story in this game going into it was Shohei Otani getting the opening day start and batting leadoff for the Angels. Something that, as far as I know, have never been done. The, the starting pitcher batting leadoff for the team and making it even more so in the AL, where until this year, the NL was the only one that you would kind of maybe see it happening in. 
But no, the AL, Shohei Otani leading off and batting, uh, starting the pitching and batting leadoff. So as we get to the game, as the game goes on, Otani actually did really, really well for the Angels on the mound. Going four and two thirds with four hits, one earned one, one earned run, one walk, nine strikeouts. His pitch count when he was taken out in the fifth inning was 80 pitches. And as we kind of talk about this uh, weekend with the Astros, you're going to kind of see a pattern with the pitchers and when exactly they got taken out. And I'll give my thoughts about that a little bit later. But again, for the first start of the season, for all the, you know, I don't even know if pressure, I don't even know if Otani feels pressure, but for all the attention and all the eyes and all the new eyes on him, I mean, you're talking about a guy that was on GQ, you're talking about the guy that was on Time, you're talking about the guy that was the cover uh, sports, uh, cover athlete for MLB The Show. So all these new eyes on him comes out and absolutely deals in the opening day series with the Angels. Unfortunately, it didn't translate too much to the batter's box as he went over four with one strikeout in the batter's box. But the cool part is we at least got to see the Otani rule happen right in front of our face for the first time this season. That will be obviously something that you have to watch for throughout the season. With the Angels coming into the season, you felt like the strength of this team was going to be the offense. Even with all the additions they made in the bullpen, you felt like the offense was going to be the main factor in which this team produces runs, produces Ws, and that bullpen is just going to do their job and hold it down. But this first game, obviously that did not exactly happen. You look at the top three, Trout or Otani, Trout, and Rendon, who batted one, two, three. You had a combined uh, one for 12 in this game, which granted it's the first game, so I'm not one to think you have to move Otani out of the leadoff spot, move Trout to the leadoff spot, or move Trout to third and Rendon here. Like I don't think we're to that point as fans to really start calling for that yet. Now, if this was you know um, May, June, and you're still not getting the, the results that you were hoping for, then maybe then that's when you start shuffling the deck a little bit. But um, Angels just just weren't able really to seem to hit anything square throughout this whole game. You know, there was a very, very close opportunity in this game where Anthony Rendon hits a laser beam down the left field line and just misses a home run, misses hitting the foul pole by probably, uh, you know, less than a foot. And at that point, that would have gave the Angels, uh, I believe, the lead in the game, a three to two lead in the game. And, and honestly, could have maybe even changed the outcome of the game because you're able to kind of get to Iglesias in the bullpen. You're able to get to some more of your high leverage guys in the bullpen. And you talk to relievers or you talk to people that know relievers once they're in a situation where it's on them to hold the lead. It's on them to save a game or, or get to the closer with a lead. There's a little more different like fire behind them. There's a little more different sense of urgency with them. And I think, Angels fans, we saw that last year with Iglesias. When he was in in a uh, safe situation, he was absolutely locked down. But then we saw him a couple times where it wasn't necessarily a saved opportunity. It was either game tied or maybe just came into the game uh, down by one, and he wasn't necessarily the same guy. And I think that's a lot of guys that are coming that come out of the bullpen. So again, the offense really struggled. Duffy two hits was probably the highlight of the baseball game offensively for the Angels. But like I mentioned, Otani did really great. The Astros got back-to-back home runs in the eighth inning 
off of Ryan Tapera, and that was almost, you know, that was pretty much the backbreaker in that situation. Angels really could not gain any other more traction offensively in that game, and it just wasn't a great offensive game for them. But you look at only giving up three runs, Astros' offense is obviously one of the better, if not the best, offense in the division. So able to hold those guys at three, you're kind of thinking to yourself, okay, at least we did that. We get the bats going. There will be some kind of uh, turnaround hopefully soon. Now going to Friday's game uh, against the Astros on Apple TV. I was at the ballpark, so I didn't get to watch the Apple TV broadcast um, and how they were doing it. I know it was a doubleheader for them, and the Angels was the second part of the doubleheader. And, you know, this is another effort for um, – Major League Baseball to reach out and try to get this on a more national level. You know, obviously you see it with like their YouTube games they did. I don't know if they're still doing it this year, but the last couple of years they've been on YouTube. Um, this year is Apple Apple Plus, you know, the Fox, the, the the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball games, like those nationally televised games. They're trying to do it more and more. And it's pretty cool that it's on Apple TV. It's kind of getting it into the streaming side of, of the world nowadays. And that's part so big. But uh, I saw very mixed reactions about the Apple Plus broadcast. Um, maybe they get better, maybe not. If you have any uh, opinions about it, make sure you email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com or our social media feed at halo underscore haven. So let's get into the game. Astros up early. This was a, supposed to be Patrick Sandoval's start, but we got news, um, I believe, on the Wednesday off day that he was feeling a little bit more fatigued than he thought coming off his last start um, in spring training. So they actually switched him and Detmers. So Detmers gets the start on Friday night, and Patrick Sandoval is going to get the start, I believe, on Tuesday against the uh, Miami Marlins. So Detmers gets in the game. Obviously, his first start of the year. You remember him last year. He had a handful of starts. Very, very young, promising left-handed pitcher. So promising that MLB Pipeline rated him the number one left-handed pitcher in the minors or in, in their prospect pool. So, Denver's comes up. Um, again, gives up a run in the very first inning. Not exactly the way you want to start, but he does settle down after that. He ends up going four innings, uh, giving up three hits. Two home runs. So both of the runs he gives up are on solo solo shots. So four innings, three hits, two earned runs off of two home runs. Pitch count at 75. Again, you kind of remember what I was saying before about um, that magic number. So his pitch count is at 75. Um, but the Angels do strike back pretty quickly at the bottom of the first with the Jared Walsh RBI single, followed by um, Anthony Rendon getting in on a pass ball. So Angels were up fairly early 2-1, to one, and it stayed that way all the way to the fourth. And that's when you start seeing a little bit of um, – you start thinking about how uh, Detmers was going to get out of it or how long he was going to go. But, you know, the, the home run by Diaz was kind of the end part of it for Detmers. But, again, he goes four innings. Not a bad – outing by, 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 I think by stand by our standards in general, again, making his first start for a lot of these guys is it's their first start, you know, on an opening day or opening weekend type of deal. Um, Detmers is like that. Um, Sandoval, you know, he's been around a block, but he's still, he's still fairly young. 
You had Noah Syndergaard coming out where he hasn't pitched in a couple years or a couple years. So all these nerves are coming up because it's like the first time out there in, a, in either period or just a long time. So Detmers, I think, did a really good job. I think Detmers um, should be really – we should be really encouraged by his outing. You know, just finding out maybe two or three days before your outing that you're going to pitch I think does kind of mess with your little uh, preparation a little bit. But he was able to do a really great job and was able to hold his own, again, going four innings, three hits, two earned runs on two solo home runs. But after that, after the fourth, it, it kind of became a whole different uh, story once the bullpen came in. So Madden was quoted as saying that while it's early in the season, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's obviously because of the spring training, that he's not going to pitch bullpen guys on back-to-back days so coming into this game he was limited on what who he was going to use and you and once you heard that you kind of figured okay some of your best guys are not available out of the bullpen we're talking about um you know warren tapera loop archie bradley um if madden was true about not pitching guys on back-to-back days those guys were not available so you had to go with i hate to call it like the b squad of the bullpen but some of these guys that he kept for this game aren't the guys that you're paying a bunch of money for to to get out these aren't the guys that um you brought in for a sole purpose some of these guys um are there to get you to the later innings but once you are in the later innings i don't know if these guys would be the right guys for it Ortega comes in after uh, Detmers goes two innings, gives up two runs on two hits, one home run, and and that was it for him. He ends up getting the loss. Myers comes in and just um, kind of it kind of blows up on on him and the rest of the bullpen at that point. Myers doesn't even record an out, but he does give up three runs um, off of two hits, one walk. One home run. Again, just not what you're looking for if this bullpen is going to be very productive and, and a big part of this team. Granted, the, like I said before, these aren't the the top guys, the guys you're paying a lot of money for, but you're still going to need guys like Myers and, uh, and, and Ortega. And those guys, those guys still need to produce when their number is called. Um, there's going to be games where Loop is going to be on, you know, three days or pitch like two two days in a row and that third day he needs to rest so some of these guys need to step up that is not what happened in this game as the angels pitchers give up a total of six home runs in this game definitely definitely not what you wanted as angels fans from the astros coming again second game of the year otani bobblehead uh you know i wasn't there for opening day but this game Friday night had a very, very good sized crowd. Um, and you were just hoping for more and you just were not able to get that. The angels fall 13 to six and the six runs you're thinking to yourself, well, at least the offensive scored runs. You look at how the runs were kind of came about. The Angels scored four runs, um, through the eighth and the ninth. So when the game was already kind of out of hand, you're talking about like Troutloads was already pulled. Some of their bigger guys were already pulled. Just you don't need the risk of the injuries. And I'm sure the Astros felt the same way. Um, so, yeah, they scored six runs, but the majority of those were kind of on 
the leftover squad after the game got out of hand. So I wouldn't take too much into that. Offense still seems to be struggling a bit in 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 the beginning part of the season. Otani with one hit, Trout was was hitless, Rendon with one hit. So um, Walsh did get three hits. So that's definitely something that's encouraging. If he is that fourth offensive option, that's just totally going to help the team, and it's it's definitely going to. Um, make this lineup a little bit deeper and a little bit longer. But like I said, uh, 13 to 6, not the best of scores on your second game of the year against the Astros. So this goes out to Saturday now. Obviously, coming into Saturday, the biggest thing that Angels fans wanted to see was a W. Biggest things Angels fans wanted to see is a healthy Noah Syndergaard out there dealing. And when they made the schedule or when they made, when Madden made the um, rotation lineup, how he wanted to coming out of spring training, I don't know if he did this on purpose or if it was just a, a pure coincidence. But if you don't know by now, you should know the, the story about Nick Adenhart, who tragically passed away 13 years ago that Saturday. With that also is Noah Syndergaard wearing number 34, which was Nick Adenhart's number that hadn't been worn since then. So I don't know if it was just divine intervention or strictly coincidence or or purpose or what, but Noah Syndergaard wearing number 34 takes the mound on the 13th anniversary of the passing of Nick Adenhart. And that was something that was kind of, you know, you kind of look into the numbers, deeper into the numbers, and that was actually something really cool for the Angel fans to see. And they got the result they, they've been desperately wanting to have this season as they pick up the very first W of the season Saturday with Thor on the mound, uh, 2-0. So Thor goes five in the third inning, two hits, two walks, one strikeout, which um, for him when he was with the Met, when he, with Mets when he, and, he was, and he was the guy, it was because he was striking out everybody. He was striking out you know, the side. He was getting you know eight, nine, ten strikeouts a game. Again, he goes five and a third, gets one strikeout, but it seemed like he was producing tons and tons of ground balls, tons of balls in play to help this this defense that looked kind of shaky a little bit at times in the very first game, but it looked like it was getting better. And again, more so that the guys are kind of getting their feet wet, getting back into the groove of things. It just seems like when he was putting the ball in play, these guys are definitely making up, uh, were making outs, and that's exactly what you ask for from a defense. But Thor had a great, great debut as an angel. I think, honestly, nothing you can ever, you can't ask for more than that. He goes 75 pitches, uh, or 76 pitches, sorry. Again, that's that whole, you know, you kind of see where this pitch count is going to be. But the bullpen, again, shows up, throws a shutout right behind him. And the angels, when we started, we had a live Thursday night. Chris and I, Chris, the curator Johnson, hopefully, getting back on very soon. Um, we're talking who's going to get the first home run of the season. Uh, I took Trout. He took Otani. But the Angel, with the very first home run of this year, goes to Jared Walsh. Clean up, man, Jared Walsh, as we get ready for the bottom of the second. No score. Big swing and a drive off the bat of Jared Walsh. Get going. First handle homer of the year. And that happened in the bottom of the second. Jared Walsh. You know, I love his swing. I love his follow through because you know when he hits it and he knows he hits it, he has that kind of strut out of the box. And 
uh, it was great. And that was off that was off of Justin Verlander, the starting pitcher for the Astros, which you know we're looking for a pitcher's duel, Verlander versus Syndergaard, and for the most part, we got that. But uh, Walsh was able to touch him up first and get that very first run on the board, very first home run of the 2022 season, Jared Walsh. So it was pretty quiet the rest of the game until the bottom of the eighth when Mike Trout shows up and shows why he's a perennial MVP candidate every single year. Trout with a swing and a drive to left center field. Get going. Get going and gone. Oh, the way he was swinging the bat tonight, he was doing- So like I mentioned, Trout home run, gets a home run. Now it's a two-run lead. And you already had, and I think, this is what's going to be kind of the back end of the bullpen. And it kind of showed in this game because it was a close game. Like I mentioned, you had Syndergaard go into the sixth inning. You had uh, Loop go for an inning. You had Tapera, who came in on opening day and gave up those back-to-back home runs, comes out that I guess the guys in the bullpen were looking at that outing. They felt like he was tipping pitches, and that's why um, the Astros were able to kind of sit on it. I believe it was the slider for the two home runs. So getting that kind of fixed up, getting that kind of changed up, he comes in, goes an inning and two-thirds, zeros across the board with two strikeouts. So hopefully, hopefully that's what it was. Something was going on where he was tipping his pitches, and now that they are able to see that and able to address that, it changes the rest of the year for him, and he's able now to be that back-end reliever that the Angels paid him for and desperately need him to be. But it's a great bounce back by Tapera because, like I mentioned before, that first game getting up back-to-back home runs, you start thinking a little bit, is this the downfall? Because with bullpen arms, it's always very, very volatile. You can have a great year, but the next year, for whatever reason, um, it's just not the same. And you kind of start going downhill. You look at all the best relievers in Major League Baseball. They have, at, at a, maybe except Mariano Rivera, but everybody else has a point to where they're dominant, they're dominant, dominant, and then for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like they're like that. They're not dominant anymore, and they're still kind of on a downhill trend. I remember when that happened with Houston Street. Houston Street, when he came with the Angels the first year, he was great. He was lights out. He was dominant. He got him to the playoffs. And then you can kind of slowly see his his decline, and he was off the Angels like a year and a half later. So with with relievers, that's always the worry. But it was great to see Tapera um, come in and fix whatever had to be fixed from that first game. Then of course, Rossell Iglesias re-signed with the Angels, probably the biggest re-sign of the Angels all season long. Comes in, shuts it down, clean inning, zeros across the board, one strikeout, light that baby up. The Angels win the first game of the 2022 season in an absolute pitching duel. Again, 2-0. So it's great to see Walsh and it's great to see uh, Trout hit home runs, but we're still, you know, you still look at the box score, you know, Otani 0 for 4, Rendon 0 for 4, Trout 1 for 4, Walsh 1 for 4, and, you know, not a lot of hits. I mean, you're talking about six hits in this game for a team that's supposed to be mashing the ball and a team that coming into the season looked really, really good. So we'll see how this kind of plays out further along. I do think it's a very small sample size, obviously, but we'll kind of get to that a little bit later. Last game of the series, Sunday, uh, Sunday fun day, Sunday afternoon game. You had um, Jose Suarez on the mound, obviously another another young pitcher that the Angels need to develop, and he needs to take the next step if this team is going to be a serious contender come playoff time. You know, Sandoval, Detmers, 
Suarez. Like these guys need to take the next step and help this Angels rotation come come from middle of the pack, maybe below the middle of the pack, to um, the top third. And if these guys take steps forward, it, it can be that. But it's just hard when you look at rankings and people talk about it. It's hard to predict that to happening. I think that's why they are kind of being slept on a little bit as far as, you know, a, a best rotation type, you know, where does this line up in the in, in the division? Who has the best rotation? I think they are getting slept on, but it's because to be that, they need to take the next step, and you have, you have to hope that you see them uh, take that next step. But like I mentioned, Suarez on the mound, he goes four in the third innings, two hits, two earned runs, two Ks, 75 pitches. Um, Angels were got up early on Jack Mayfield's home run. So there's a third home run for the Angels, um, and that was in the bottom of the second. And, you know, Suarez, for the most part, he did look good. He did get himself in some trouble, I will say that. But he was able to get out of it. I think he got out of a bases loaded jam. Um, there was guys on throughout the game, but he, like I said, he was able to get you know through it. He was able to um, work out of it. And I think even too the two runs that were scored were they did go to him, but they were not. Um, I guess you could say like his fault. He did put the guys on. He did um, walk about walk a guy to. Get him, get him on base. Um, Austin Warren comes in in relief, gets the first out, gets a wild pitch, and then Alex Bregman singles, and and that's kind of how the Astros scored the two runs in the fifth to put them up 2-0, and they never really looked back after that. They put two more runs up in the eighth uh, to make it four, but the Angels lose 4-1. to one. And, and the same kind of stuff, you know, your lack of offensive production, you kind of got a little more in this game. Um, but you're still talking about only seven hits. No one in the lineup had multiple hits. Uh, you're still leaving 13 guys on base. I think that was the biggest thing in this game. 13 guys on base left on um, can be a, a rally killer. And another thing that happened um, earlier in the game, uh, I believe it was in the third inning or, or maybe a little bit earlier than that. Yeah, I think it was the third or fourth inning. Um, you know, Tyler Wade was on third base. You had Trout what looked like to be a sack fly hit it to the outfield. The plays at the play he comes home on audio on video. It looks like he's safe. There's a couple of views where he looked pretty clear. Like he was safe. There was another view that was like, okay, well you're not really sure from that one, but the other two looked like he was safe and Madden challenged it. Unfortunately, the umpires upheld the call at the plate, giving them no runs and the Angels missing out on a great opportunity to score a run and tie the game, which would have been tied 2-2 at the time. And then, you know, you talk about momentum. You're talking about, you know, what happens after that. But the Astros were able to get out of the inning. Where Astros were able to kind of escape it with still a lead. Like I mentioned, they put two more on. But, you know, you just hope that the Angels' offense really does start coming around because um, I will say this, though. I will say this. Granted, the Houston Astros rotation is really good. The Astros rotation is has guys that um, pitch very well. You know, obviously um, Miami, who they are playing on Monday, Tuesday, also does have another good rotation um, in front of the Angels. But after that, when they play Texas at the end of next week, you're hoping that they can use that to kind of get a little more momentum 
and build up a little more confidence in their bats and become the offensive powerhouse that the Angels were hoping or the fans were hoping the Angels would be this season. I think I'm pretty sure the Angels expected it to be two. First game of the season, first series of the season, not too worried considering if you remember back to last year, great opening series against Chicago White Sox. Again, another team that came into the into Anaheim and you're thinking to yourself, this team is a, you know, people are picking them to win, the, win their division. They're going to, you know, be really good this year. The Angels play them. Angels win that series. And we saw how the two seasons kind of went in different directions between the White Sox and the Angels. So it's hard for me to get too down on the first series this year when the White Sox, for the most part, were in the Angels' position last year. And it turned out just fine with those guys. So, again, unfortunately, you can't play against the AOS better because you're really hoping to get on the AOS. Uh, that's one thing that had to change this year is that the Angels had to play the West a lot better than last year. So you're hoping for that to happen this year. Unfortunately, has not started out that way, but doesn't mean it can't happen uh, going forward. Let me talk about our next sponsor, ColorCast. ColorCast is a live, audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and free to use. Talk to fans, athletes, and interact in real time, perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile and link your Twitter. That's all. Come with your spectacular takes. Let me talk about Athletic Greens real quick. I take Athletic Greens. It is something that I take every morning. And guess what? It's easy to drink, which for me, that's number one. It's not like all your other vitamin powders that have that real earthy taste to it this is very easy to drink which makes it easy for me to take every day all it takes is a single scoop and water every day cold water that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a full year supply for free with your first purchase that's immune supporting vitamin d and five travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take your ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. So after the first game, I kind of uh, put out on Instagram, again, Halo underscore Haven on Instagram, like your thoughts and, and were you concerned? Were you worried? And a lot of people kind of had the same thoughts as far as it's one game. There's nothing really to be concerned about. Then I put out, you know, what are your concerns? What are your after the first series uh, of the season? What are some of your concerns or anything like that? And we got a couple responses back. Um, and this is one that I seen uh, quite a bit. And, and this one says Madden's quick pulling of the starters. Um and while the stars are dealing and, and boom, uh, they, he pulls them out. Bullpen has been shaky. Also, offense has been dismal at best. And I think, uh, I think that's, that's, that's what's going to hurt this team in the beginning part of the season. Because if you haven't seen or you didn't get the hints, a lot of these starting pitchers are on 80, 75 to 80 pitches um, as a pitch count. And Madden has been holding true to that for this first series of baseball. Uh, Otani going 80 and he had the most. And with some of these guys, 80 doesn't get them very far. It gets them into the fifth inning, and that's probably about it. Not very 
diligent with their pitches, you know, some walks, some deep counts. And that's going to pull him out a lot quicker. And then you're going to have to start using the bullpen. And like I mentioned before, Madden said he's not using guys back-to-back days. So if these turn into long games for the bullpen, then you're kind of cutting down your bullpen options for the next day. So we'll see how this plays out. We'll see if this is this is supposed to help the team in the long run towards the end of the year be more healthy, be, be available. Obviously, there's going to be a time where you're going to see pitchers get into the, the 95, 100 pitch count. That should be happening at some point this year. And you should see bullpen guys pitch on multiple days back to back. But Madden just has it said that, you know, he's trying to save these guys for the future. And I hope it works. But I just hope at the same time, you're, you're, you're saving all these bullets for later. You're just hoping that there is something to shoot at at that time. Um, but you just can't, I guess, I guess he's looking at it like you can't manage that way. You have to manage and try to keep these guys healthy for if there is one, you have the best team available. But not only is there something going on with the pitching, but there's also something going on with the lineups. Uh, if you look at the lineups for the last handful of days, uh, it's like everyone's different. Everything, um, it seems like a lot of people have been changing. The only ones that I know for sure off the top of my head that I've been playing every day is Otani, Trout, and Walsh. Um, pretty much everyone else has kind of been cycled through uh, the starting ro- the starting lineup, and that includes the catching situation. We were we were thought as fans that you know Stassi was going to be the main guy, and I'm sure he's is going to be the main guy. But you have him and, and Kurt right now rotating daily. Um, I, I I don't feel great about that. Like I, I could see um, Kurt like catching today you know, day after day game after a night game. That makes plenty of sense. Or uh, like a two to one ratio, two games, Stassi, one game, Suzuki, until you guys feel comfortable enough that he can, you know, catch on four or five days in a row. I just, you know, Suzuki wasn't the best last year. And let's, let's be frank with it. There is a kind of a, quite a bit missed when he's back there, um, especially defensively. And, and it seems working with some of the, some of the pitchers offensively surprisingly Suzuki is actually, you know, started off pretty hot. He's one of the few that's actually started, um, getting, you know, he has, he has like four or five hits already granted small sample size. But when you look at some of the other players who have only had maybe one or two hits, um, he is the guy that's kind of started on, on fire compared to other guys. But yeah, it just seems like something's missing when he's behind the plate, when Stassi's not there, but it, it just shows that Madden, I guess is really concerned about this shortened spring training, more so than he leads on. So that's something that I feel is going to be playing out probably the first three three weeks of the season, maybe maybe month of the season. I hope it doesn't take him that long to kind of solidify a lineup, solidify the positions. Because like I mentioned, there's, you know, you have Fletcher out one day. You had Rendon out uh, Sunday. Uh, Marsh was out today, Sunday. You had Joe out um, Friday and Saturday. So it just seems like there's a there's there's a lot of moving parts. Um, I know some people were happy to see Joe out after that Thursday night opening uh, opener. Defensively, you're, he did kind of look a little shaky, a little uncertain about certain things. Misplayed a ball in the outfield on Thursday. Don't necessarily know if that's just nerves. Again, it's his first opening day. You look at some of those guys that played on 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 thursday you have obviously marsh joe um austin warren out of the bullpen these are like their first opening days as an mlb 
player. You know, and, and in the case of Joe and Brandon, starting. You know what I mean? Um, so was nerves an issue? I wouldn't be surprised if there was. I wouldn't blame him if there was. I mean, that's something, you know, very cool and something that only happens once in your life. So, of course, it might be a couple of nerves here and there. Um, also, too, I'm not sure how much practice. I mean, you go to Arizona for spring training. Granted, it was a short spring training, but you're still there a month. And all the games you're playing are all day games. You're worried about the sun. You're worried about this and that. And then you get thrown into night games right off the bat for for the for the regular season. Angels don't really play a ton of any night games at spring training. Like you have some of the other facilities like Peoria, um, Goodyear, I think like Camelback. They actually have like quite a – maybe it's because they share the the facility with other teams. But those guys seem to have a lot of night games compared to where the Angels never have a night game. So I don't know if it's – it seemed like one where he just might have lost it in the lights because he's not used to it yet or, or what. But, you know, everything this first weekend is a small sample size, nothing to really get – worried about like i mentioned the white Sox were in the angels position at this point last year they just lost to you know the angels who a lot of people picked not to do much and the, the white Sox were the team that was picked to win the central and then the two teams went in a totally different directions and you saw that played out so it's definitely not too late for the angels to turn it around and if they win two against the miami marlins on monday tuesday now you're looking at them right back in it you know, right back in the division, you're going to be at 500. And with this short of time that's passed, you're going to be what at, at most maybe a game out, two games out of the division. So there's not a ton to worry about right now. Another thing we got, another comment we got from Chad Smith on Instagram was, I know it's a small sample size, but Otani does does not look comfortable at the plate. I think he is trying to do too much in his ABs. Yeah, I think it's going to take these guys a little while to get started. I do think... Um, for whatever reason, this first weekend has passed. I forgot who I saw it on Twitter, but um, for the most part, offense is kind of down from what people initially thought because of short spring training, they thought pitchers would be behind and batters would absolutely eat them up. But for the most part, it seems like the pitching has definitely held its own. That's across all MLB. But the one thing I am worried about this beginning part of the season with Joe and his kind of flopping of guys in and out of the, rotate, in and out, in and out of the lineup Granted, Otani's not one of them because he's DHing and he's played all, all the games. But you start taking Rendon, you start, start taking Fletcher, you start taking messing with that bottom half of the lineup, taking them out every other day, not letting them get any kind of rhythm. I think that's the biggest thing. They're not getting any rhythm in that bottom part of the lineup. And this bottom part of the lineup is going to be important because this the way that the experts see it and the way that I understand it is that it's very top-heavy because Trout's done it before. Otani's done it before. Rendon's done it before. You know, Walsh had that one great season last year, and he's still kind of a question mark. Can he still do? Can was it not a fluke? And so far, he's done great. So hopefully, he stays on that on that trajectory. But after that, you have you know Brandon and Joe. Can they do it? Can they take the next step? They're they're young. You know, Stassi and Suzuki. You know, if they're going to keep on flipping back and forth, who's going to be able to get a rhythm, if any, at all between those two guys? And then you got the infield position. Fletcher didn't have a great year last year by his standards offensively. And if you're taking him out of the ball out of the ball game every like third day, can he get a rhythm that he needs? I mean, this was a guy that played almost every single game for the past like two or three years, if I remember correctly. Pretty much since he's been a full-time starter. 
you know, I believe he's a guy that that thrives on just being in the lineup every single day, getting a rhythm, getting an understanding, getting at bats. And now if you start taking him out every third day, fourth day, can he still produce that way? And then you have the whole kind of cluster with the other infield position. So, you know, whether it's Duffy, whether it's Wade, you know, or 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 um, Mayfield, or not Mayfield, uh, uh, yeah, Jack Mayfield. You know, now these guys are going and playing one game and then out two and then playing one and then out three and then playing one. You know, can those guys at the bottom of the lineup really get any kind of rhythm? Now, we saw a home run by Jack Mayfield, which was great, but I'm still worried about the long-term production of these guys. That's why I'm hoping for Madden, you know, whether it's at the end of next week, this week, or whatever, getting a lineup and putting them in there because it's not – I don't think you can make a real great judgment on what these guys can do when they're only getting, you know, four at bats for every like two or three games, that's just not, I think, a sample size that's worth judging. And I don't know. Madden Madden seems to be doing what he feels is best, and I guess that's great. Um, I know there's a lot of Madden um, people out there that that question Madden and his theories and his thoughts and why he does whatever he does. And quite honestly, sometimes I'm that way too. I think at times he can be a real smart manager, and then sometimes I think he does overthink things. I think sometimes. Um, the success that he had with Tampa Bay and Chicago um, has blown up his status more than it should be. Yes, he's won a World Series. Yes, he he did great things with Tampa Bay and what they had to give him. But at the same time, you look at Tampa Bay now, they're still doing that. So how much of that was Madden? Um, Chicago, that team was supposed to be around for like three or four years competing for World Series every single year. And now you look at that Chicago team and there's no one on there from Pretty much, there's no one on there from that from that World Series. So, um, is Madden the right manager for this? I think this is a season to find out. Honestly, if he's not, if if it's another average to below average season, he might need to, you know, make they might have to make a move and get him out because some of these moves that he's making now, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt now. But you just hope that they don't come around and bite this team in the long run because guys are not able to get real big, you know, not able to um, get any kind of rhythm. And I think that's very, very important when you talk about baseball and especially at the plate, getting rhythm, getting the opportunity to um, get, you know, every day at bats and just learn from themselves um, daily. And and when you're two or three games in between your last at bats, I don't necessarily think that is going to be the best um, for the team. So we mentioned a little bit about the Instagram. I also got some feedback on um, our Twitter at, again, Halo underscore Haven is also on Twitter. Ask the same questions about any um, stuff that people like, didn't like this this first weekend, concerns. And again, a lot of it has to do with the juggling of the lineups. And just um, Johnny on here on Twitter says, lineup too top heavy, Marsh needs to start leadoff. You know, not only extends it one batter, but I do like the idea of getting your best guys up more. So, you you know, if you take that advice and you put Marsh in the, in, in the top spot, then theoretically you're knocking everyone else down one peg. You know, how many more at-bats does Trout, Lee, uh, you know, miss because now he's batting third instead of second? How many at-bats does um, Otani uh, miss because he's at second, not first? You know, Marsh batting leadoff is great if he's getting on and he's producing stuff like that. But at the same time, if he's producing and leading off, 
in the seventh hole, now that lineup's a little bit longer, and now it doesn't really matter about being too hop, top heavy or not. If that those guys produce, it doesn't matter if it's at the bottom of the lineup, or the top of the lineup, middle of the lineup, or anything like that. The biggest thing is that you just need them to produce. Again, you, you whoever's playing the, the infield with Fletcher needs to needs to produce. You know, the, the two young guys in the outfield need to produce. It doesn't matter if it's at the top of the lineup because if they're producing at the top of the lineup, you know, they can do the same thing at the seventh hole or sixth hole, and that makes your lineup uh, dangerous. Makes it longer. Makes it makes it so the 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 pitchers can't work around guys just to get to that bottom half of the lineup. But like I mentioned before, really really early. I saw some good things. I'm sure you guys as fans did too. Um, Noah Syndergaard obviously being the best thing I saw this week, this weekend. Him and uh, and Loop, those two guys this weekend were probably the best things I saw all weekend. Um, and, you know, you, you think Otani and those other guys are going to come around. You, you have faith that those guys are going to come around and, and make this team really competitive this year. Not that start you want, uh, one and three for the Angels after the first four games. But like I mentioned before, you win the next two. Now you're three and three and you're right back at 500 going to Texas to face the Rangers who offensively is very dangerous, but you're not too much sold on their, um, on their pitching. And that's what I think angels can use to, to help them get into a better rhythm, help themselves get, um, you know, get some at bats and, and just build their confidence. And so we'll see how that plays out. But, it's just good to have baseball back. It's good to talk about baseball games that actually freaking happened. You know, it's it's good to see how that happens. We'll see how Madden how long Madden goes with the pitch limit um, with the pitchers if it's a weekly thing or two weeks or whatever. But the first time through the lineup, we'll see how it goes. And the first time through the lineup was is is going to uh, run out this week at this week as the Angels, like I mentioned before, take on the Miami Marlins at Angel Stadium, both on Monday and on Tuesday. Monday on the mound, you have local boy and uh, new Angel making his Angels debut, and hopefully he has a debut like Noah Syndergaard. Michael Lorenzen is on the mound for the Angels on Monday night. And then on Tuesday's game, Tuesday, 4.07 first pitch. So a little bit earlier than normal, but not the... 11:30 or 12 o'clock or whatever start that it normally is on a getaway day. But for that, you have Patrick Sandoval making his uh, season debut for the Angels again against the Miami Marlins, who come into this series one and two. So two teams that are still trying to get traction of the season, two teams that um, have some very young players in certain positions that are hoping to take the next step. I think for the Marlins, it is their pitching staff. For the Angels, obviously, it is the um, outfielders with a little with a pitcher here and there but something to really look forward to we'll be back again we'll record the podcast wednesday night you'll get it thursday morning to get ready for the series after that which i said like i said before it's going to be texas um, at texas Uh, but something real quick before we before i take off something that's going to be really interesting tomorrow on monday Chris and I are headed to Angel Stadium for some kind of social. They're, they're, they're reaching out to some of the um, content creators, I guess was what they were saying. We'll see how this goes. We'll see how it plays out. I'm not sure how many people are going to be there, who's going to be there as far as other podcasts, other fan pages, other um 
Twitter handles. Like, I don't know who's going to be there, who's not going to be there, but Chris and I were invited to go hang out over there tomorrow for Monday's game. So, you know, we have you guys, our listeners, we have you guys um, that follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. We have you guys that, you know, comment and share and let your voices heard about our you know, our, our social media stuff and this podcast, we have you guys to thank for that, for that, even the opportunity. And even if it's just a, a, a quick shake of the hands, kind of, we, you know, with angels, people, or just other people in, in, in this space, um, it's really cool to kind of feel like they are acknowledging us for what we are doing. And again, none of that would be possible at all without, you know, you guys listening, downloading, sharing, liking all that stuff that comes with, being a fan, not only of the angels, but you know, quite honestly, and it's really weird to say this, but a fan of fan of mine. And, um, you know, I, I was at the game Friday, a guy walked by me and patted me on the back and said, I like, you know, I liked your podcast and this and that. I'm like, and that was weird. That was surreal. Um, it was, it was kind of like in passing, you know, but if you're out there for listening, that that meant a lot. That meant that meant a lot. That was weird because I'm not used to that at all. Don't get me wrong. I like that. I like when people come up and say hi and stuff like that. But I I, I just see myself as a normal fan, like a lot of you guys. And I just when stuff like that happens, it's, it kind of blows my mind. But I really really appreciate it. And again, man, if I'm at a, an Angel game or Illinois Empire 66er game, um, which I will be at more and more now that we have our credentials back and we are. And they're well, not that we have them back. We've always had them, but now that they're able to allow us to talk to players one on one a lot more now that um, COVID is, is kind of has a little bit behind us, and they're able to kind of loosen it up a bit. If you remember us from 2019, we were talking to a bunch of guys. Um, that's when we met Brandon. That's when we met Joe. That's when we met Austin. Um, we met guys Jemiah Jones who aren't with the team that got traded or, or, or with different organizations. Now that's how we met a lot of those guys was going down to Inland Empire and talking to them. So, you know, if you see myself or Chris at ball games, you get Inland Empire or Angels, come up and say hi. You know, I got a DM um after the ball games like, oh I saw you guys. I'm like, oh why don't you come over? You should come over next time and, and you know don't don't hesitate. Even if I'm with family, friends or whatever, just come up, say hi, you know, whatever. You want to talk Angels baseball, you want a picture, whatever. Like I don't know what you want. I'm just a guy. But um do it. You know, we we love it. We love it. We love it. And and you you everyone out there listening is the main reason why we do this and it's fun now more so than ever to go to angel games and have a person here and there you know say something and that's 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 a lot of fun so we'll see what monday holds for us i'm sure we will talk about it on the next podcast coming out thursday morning uh well again we'll talk about the marlins series and anything else that kind of pops up in between so again if you are uh interested in you know, having a question read or if there's something on your mind, make sure you email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on our social media feeds at halo underscore haven, both on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm doing a try. I'm trying to do a pretty good job of trying to get back to everyone that I can um, through the DMs. Twitter's a little bit different because if you leave a comment on on a on a post and your profile is private and I do not follow you, it will not show up. So that's a little bit harder. So if that's the case and you're wondering why I didn't answer this or answer that, it's because I did not see it. Um, in that case, it'd probably be a lot better just to DM because the DMs are open and I see all of them that come through. So um, again, if you have any questions 
or want to see something with the with the podcast definitely let me know so next weekend our next podcast again thursday we'll talk about the miami series we'll kind of touch on maybe what's going on with the minor league uh schedule also because these guys are also playing and these guys are also playing fairly good baseball if you look at their record so until next time i am down garcia and this has been another edition of the all angels podcast there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.